The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we embark on a journey that continues the extraordinary narrative of JP. A U.S. Army insider whose revelations are reshaping our understanding of the cosmos and humanity's place within it. Since Dr. Michael Sella's initial contact with JP in 2008, the saga has unfolded to reveal a clandestine world where the U.S. military, non-human intelligence, and advanced technologies converge in the shadows of our reality. In this second volume of Dr. Sala's meticulous documentation, we delve deeper into JP's experiences, which predominantly anchor us to Earth, exploring its hidden depths rather than the vastness of space. The shift from the celestial missions of the first volume to the terrestrial encounters of the second is stark as we uncover the secrets that lie beneath our feet in underwater and underground locations that are home to non-human intelligence. JP's accounts as an enlisted serviceman are unprecedented. His continued service in the U.S. Army has granted him access to classified projects, bringing to light interactions with ancient civilizations and their long-guarded technologies. The recognition he has received from his superiors, despite his enlisted status, underscores the importance of the covert disclosure initiative that he is a part of, a carefully orchestrated revelation that maintains plausible deniability while peeling back the layers of secrecy. From underground cities and spaceports to encounters with beings that have been part of Earth's history for millennia, JP's missions are a testament to the complexity and depth of the hidden interactions between humans and extraterrestrial entities. These missions are not just about exploration. They are about protection, awakening, and the preparation for a planetary shift in consciousness. Get ready, because with Dr. Michael Sala, we're about to unravel mysteries that have long eluded us. This journey promises more than just stories. It's a deep dive into the unknown, challenging everything we thought we knew. No holds barred, no stone unturned. Dr. Michael Sala is comping up next. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including focused life force energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. Discover the Veritas Digest series on Amazon. Multiple volumes, each unveiling the truths they don't want you to know. It's more than just reading. It's an awakening. Secure your copies today. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, simply click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now here's your host, Mel Hastelrick. And directly from Tennessee, the Nipok is U.S. Army Insider Missions Part 2, Underground Cities, Giants, and Spaceports. His website is exopolitics.org. And I'm referring to my friend, Dr. Michael Sala. Hello, Michael, and welcome back. How are you? I'm well, Mel. Thanks for having me back. My pleasure. And 
the last time we spoke, we talked about JP, and we'd scratched the surface, and I'm glad that you wrote an additional book because you couldn't fit it all in the first one, right? Well, that's right, yeah. I mean, there's so many missions that he's reported to me that I decided to make it a multi-volume series, and, and so volume two just came out. And, uh, you know, more mission reports coming in, so there will be a volume three. And, of course, the first question, because we have a lot of open-minded skeptics who listen to this program who say to me, I love JP's story, but how do we know, Mel, how do we know, Dr. Sala, that this is not a a plan by the deep state to muddy the disclosure waves? Well, that's a good question. I, I think it's, I mean, there's a few answers to that. One is I've been working with JP since 2008, and uh, he has given me a, a lot of information and he's also shared photographs of the space, some of the spacecraft that he's been taken on. So, I mean, with JP, it's not just that he's having these experiences and is reporting on them because a lot of people do. He's also got photographs. And that was what convinced me to go public with JP back in 2017 because I've known him since 2008. He was telling me all these stories, and I thought, yeah, you know, fantastic story. Okay, great. And I just took notes. That was it. I took notes. But I thought, well, you know, there's no way for me to prove this, so I'll just keep a record of it. So that's what I did. In 2017, he started giving me photographs of these uh, anti-gravity craft, and we're talking flying triangles, flying rectangles, and and uh, flying saucers that he was seeing in the Tampa area around McDill Air Force Base, which is where he was living at the time. And so he was also telling me about his encounters with different Air Force personnel who were wanting him to, like, uh, you know, take take photos that were wanting him to tell the public about what he was seeing and what he was recording, and also reveal that he was being taken on these craft. So he's got the photos. So then, yeah, so there's right away, you know, independent empirical data that, and we're talking probably well over a hundred photos now that he's taken of these craft in around McDill Air Force Base. Then in 2019, he joined the Army. So, you know, he's given me all his records. You know, his enlistment papers, uh, the different courses he's completed. Uh, he's given me photos of him doing training, you know, shooting rifles on these APCs with his buddies. He's actually taken me onto the base where he currently serves. So, I, you know, he gave me a, a guided tour with my wife of that. So he's absolutely the real deal. I mean, he's he's uh, a current active U.S. Army, and he's being allowed to reveal his experiences uh, by personnel in or senior personnel in the Army. Who, at, well, more, to be more correct, uh, within the Air Force and the Army who want this information to come out. So there are white hats. There are people that want the public to know about these incredible technologies and the secret space programs exist. And, and I think JP is a special case because he is a contactee. And I, I think in Volume 1, I kind of explained that there were these agreements between the Air Force 
and these Nordic human-looking extraterrestrials that JP had contact with in 2008 that in exchange for the Air Force working with these Nordics, being uh, given access to Nordic technologies and being trained, that they would treat JP as one of the Nordics, kind of like assets. So they would protect him and expose him to different things and allow him to play a role in disclosure because that's one of the things that the Nordics want is like, you know, we're going to give you this high tech or we're going to train you in how to use this high tech. Um, But in exchange, we want you to agree to disclose this to your public. And so here's what, here's our asset. We want you to allow him to talk about it. And so that's what's happened. And I I discussed that in volume one. So yeah, here's the real deal. Uh, Absolutely. There's, there's no way he could, um, make this up. He's got the photographs. He's he's in the army. Uh, he is uh, a straight shooter, and I've known him for fifteen years now. But why do they use someone like JP and say not a general or somebody with a higher ranking in order to come out with this? Is it because plausible deniability just to plant the seed, slip drip, a slow drip? Uh, because JP, as an enlisted soldier and someone who's, who, you know, let's, let's be honest, I mean, he's not very articulate. He's not someone that's going to wow an audience thinking, well, this guy really knows it all. You know, he's he's just going to present his missions. He's going to get people to think about it. But he's, he's not a big threat to the status quo as opposed to, say, someone like Edgar Mitchell. Uh, the ast- the former astronaut or the ast- the other astronaut uh, 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 Cooper Gordon Cooper or I mean you 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 come up with a general someone with credibility I mean these would be people that would automatically have uh, you know that would fill up press conferences and they'd be just too much of a threat to the status quo but JP you know he's an unknown I mean he maintains. We, we we maintain anonymity just because that's one of the conditions for him to be able to do this. And so he, he doesn't threaten the status quo, but what happens is that he gets the information out. So the information is now in the public arena. There's two volumes now detailing all his missions so that, you know, at some point, you know, when all this breaks and people start accusing the Air Force and the army and say, well, you kept this all secret from us. And I say, well, no, no, we didn't. We al- we allowed personnel to talk about it, uh, but you didn't believe them. And I think this is this is the way they're doing it. They they're choosing someone like JP to get the information out, uh, but not in a way that kind of threatens the status quo at this time. But you know that can change. Uh, there there may be some changes coming up with JP in in terms of him being allowed to go public, but, you know, we're going to, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Before we dive into the the new book, I just thought of something. You mentioned Dr. Edgar Mitchell. I'm thinking of my conversation that I had with Dr. Stephen Greer about 15 years ago. And I believe he said, he said to me that he wanted to interview Neil Armstrong. That's when he was alive. And they had a mediator go to him. And in response, the answer was, I would love to, but if I do, they're going to kill my family, so I can't. Do you think if that conversation had taken place today, it would have been different than what happened 15 years ago? Well, it's uh, the environment today is much more conducive to whistleblowers coming forward. I mean, we are kind of like 
at this historic juncture where whistleblowers are being allowed to come forward and and because of this National Defence Authorization Act, they can go come forward and they can go talk to the Arrow Office, that's the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, headed by Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick, and they can go talk um, and the non-disclosure agreements that they've signed with any entity do not apply. So that means that people like Edgar Mitchell, Gordon Cooper, many others that were read in, now they would have an outlet to go and speak about their experiences. But the problem, of course, is that currently the Arrow office is a gatekeeper. It's it's kind of like a, a it's like a vacuum. It's just sucking in uh, information, but just releasing into the public arena this kind of very mundane kind of like oh you know we've we've had like uh, an extra 150 sightings over the last 12 months you know bringing the total up to 800 uh, sightings since 2004, and uh, you know 50% of them are unknown. Yeah. Uh, another another forty percent we can explain as natural cause as natural phenomenon mistaken and so forth. Just give these mundane analyses, and the the real testimonies are, are buried. I mean, this is we see this. I mean, this is what's happening with Arrow Office, and I mean, just yesterday, the there was a press conference at the Pentagon where this. Gatekeeping process is is seen because you you actually have Sean Kirkpatrick saying I uh, was asked the question well what about David Grush he said that he reached out to you and uh, he kind of like shared his information and Sean Kirkpatrick said oh no I'm, I we never met uh, uh, Grush in the, in that capacity of revealing any of this information. And in fact, I've reached out to him several times, and he hasn't answered. And and Grush responded and said, "No, I, I haven't been approached by him at all." So that is the kind of process that we're witnessing now. That the Arrow Office is really a gatekeeper. And this Jean Kirkpatrick, I think he he was appointed to this position to be a gate gatekeeper because I mean, Congress has given the Arrow Office enormous power. Because for the first time, you you have a a body where whistleblowers can go and appear and reveal everything they know without the NDAs applying, and so that's that's a really big innovation. But at the moment, the Arrow Office is is gatekeeper uh, for this. Now we have uh, some new legislation coming forward. And and that's going to push the thing forward a little bit more. But you know, to answer your question, I just think that Edgar Mitchell, Gordon Cooper, people like that, if they were alive, they could probably go to the Arrow office, reveal everything, but then we wouldn't hear about it, and that that would be it because it would uh, they couldn't talk about it outside of the Arrow office without then NDAs applying. And of course, I, I think uh, what uh, Neil Armstrong told Stephen Greer is absolutely correct that if you violate your NDA, um, yeah, it's the consequences are extreme. So that's that's the that's the really big roadblock here is how do you protect people, high level people who have access to these programs who know a lot and want to talk about it, 
but they have these NDAs hanging over their heads and, and they're threatened and they're told, well, look, you know, you've got beautiful grandchildren. It would be a shame if something happened to them because you couldn't keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> totally, totally. And, and I'm thinking of, of two waves. This Calistra Project, May 2001, and I've had the privilege of interviewing a lot of them, uh, those, the witnesses who are no longer with us, including Clifford Stone. And, you know, we still have uh, Dr. Carol Russ. And, but then now we have this new wave. And just before we started talking today, I was communicating with Eric Hecker. You probably heard that name. He's the one that works for or worked for Raytheon in Antarctica. And he's coming on the show to discuss his part. And hopefully we'll do the same with many of these new witnesses who seem to be more protected than that first wave that came in 2001. Do you think they are? Well, protected, uh, I mean, there's a legislative protection in place now for whistleblowers, but but it's limited to them just going to the Arrow office at the moment. Uh, now, you know, with this new UAP Disclosure Act for 2023, I mean, that's going to provide uh, more of an outlet for whistleblowers and corporations to talk because there's going to be this nine-person review board set up to go over the data, to go over the information, and so that would be another avenue. But but at the moment, there is a, a legislative protection in place, uh, but, you know, how do you ensure that the information that these whistleblowers or insiders reveal to the error office eventually sees the light of day, that it that it, it, it comes out into the public arena as opposed to just disappearing into this black hole uh, where it doesn't get reported uh, and and that's it. I mean, so that's that's the problem. And you use a key word, corporations. And this has bothered me ever since I read the book from uh, Philip Corso when he allegedly said that a lot of the technology that they found, they, quote-unquote, transferred to the private institutions so that FOIA would not apply. So how many corporations like, you know, Boeing and, and, and Raytheon and, you know, fill in the blanks, how many of them have exotic reverse engineer technology where you and I cannot file Freedom of Information Act requests because they don't apply to private institutions? Yeah, that's a very important point, Mel. Uh, there was a witness uh, with Project Camelot. Uh, you, you might recall the the archivist or Mr. X. Yep. Kerry Cassidy and Bill Ryan interviewed him. And what he revealed was that he was working for a corporation and I've since found out that that was the Rockwell Corporation and that he was asked to come in and for six months he would be the archivist. He would archive all of the uh, artifacts and documents concerning UFOs, extraterrestrial life that were being collected. And he said it was a massive archive that the Rockwell Corporation possessed. And so for six months, he just archived all this stuff. And he said, you know, he he went through some of the things he saw. And, and you're absolutely correct that what, what had happened was that uh, because of the FOIA process, it was decided that rather than housing all of the all of the data, the documents, the artifacts uh, within the military, where in theory you you could have FOIA requests uh, granting access or gaining access to these things, you would put it all into the private sector, and it would now come under 
proprietary domain. And so- Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.